0: From escaping war-torn Bosnia with his family at 13, to growing his startup financial services firm from zero to 42 million in revenue in 15 years, Nash Sabatik, CEO of Westpac Wealth Partners, always has his eye on the present while continuously investing in his firm's future. Thank you for joining us, Nash.
1: Thank you, Kelly, for having me. Uh, I've been fortunate to work with you over the last 15 years and I'm excited for this podcast.
0: I invited you on my sales teams podcast series because you're recognized as one of the fastest growing financial services firms in the industry with 17 billion in life insurance face amount, 2.5 billion in assets under management, and an organization of 270 people that you inspire daily to make it happen. And yes, I've loved working with you as well because you are a visionary who studies trends, executes on them, and constantly looks ahead. What do you see for the future of our industry and how are you adapting? Plus, what are you doing differently?
1: Um, It's a great question because what I see is going to happen in the future is probably what I saw a little bit of that even when I started the business. And that is, there is two types of companies in the marketplace today. The one group of firms are focusing on the delivery of financial products like insurance or investments. And the second group of people that are focusing on the delivery uh, of the products in the business space, such as 401ks, uh, group health insurance. And both of these groups are very good at what they do for people, but they're very limited, in my opinion, to what they can deliver to business owners in America. And, and, and our firm, I would say, is probably focusing more so than any firm in the market space on business owners, because there's a very tiny line where the business finances stops and personal begin and vice versa. And since we started the VASPAC, we've been focusing on that group, which most of these, and I call it a blue ocean strategy. And right. for all of the people that are listening, I think that's a market that is so underserved and there's so much opportunity there in the small business owner space. And what I see happening in the future, I see, unless you are focused on the planning and delivery of that planning and the process for all the clients, but especially for business owners, you're gonna probably wake up in 10 years and be out of work. And I'm talking to people that are really selling insurance and investments only. They are not doing the planning. Because as we can see right now, robo-advisors are already replacing some of the investment people, right? And we also see a lot of companies, big companies trying to deliver insurance online. And I'm a firm believer that unless you do planning and unless you create value, and I want to make a really big thing here about creating a value. I, I always talk to our advisors, look, our job is to create value. And what I mean by that is if we don't get something for people that they didn't have before they meet with us, I don't necessarily want their assets under the management or their insurance business or their 401ks because I do not want to be a commodity and we are not developing commodities. So uh, we're developing advisors. They're going to go out there and create a difference and, and, and really do something that I don't think we're going to ever be replaced, Kelly. And I think planning the process, the structure, especially Focused on the business owners and why business owners because most of their wealth is in the business. Right. And how do they, they exit the business? Who's going to help them sell the business? You know, how they're going to do all of that, you know, how they're going to take advantage of the income tax planning, asset protection, risk management, and how they're going to all put that together, you know, because I coach advisors to be in the middle of the whole picture for them. So I think that's what I see is happening that's what I think is going to happen with the industry. And unless advisors are focused on planning, unless the firms change the philosophy and stop being only assets on the management firm or insurance-only firms, I think AI, artificial intelligence is serious. I think it's coming. And you know, planning is going to be the key. And VESPEC is income on the management firm, and we are really helping people manage their income and cash flows and what's happening inside of their businesses, because the network is going to grow if people make money and grow their businesses and grow their estates by producing income.
0: That makes so much sense because it's very sophisticated and complex, and there's so many players within a business owner's advisory world that don't talk to each other and I know it's really easy for there to be gaps in the plan that are devastating when it comes to like you said succession or selling or b- maybe even passing it on to a family member
1: and absolutely uh, for those people even in a high rational business owners that we work with some of the people that are having businesses 50 75 100 million dollars And a lot of firms don't even go there yet because the people didn't realize the assets. They didn't sell the companies. And we want to be there, guide them before that happens. So much opportunities in that world.
0: Well, that's exciting to hear. You started your firm 15 years ago with three financial advisors and have grown to 270 team members. When you and I first worked together, you had Hawaii, Southern California, and Vegas, But even then, you were laser focused on investing in your leaders and your firm's infrastructure. What have been the most important investments to build Westpac Wealth?
1: I always focus on how we're going to grow and how we're going to have our client experience to be different. It is all about the clients. And this is a client-centric firm because we're focusing on the advisors. So when you focus on the advisors, which is really the Westpac clients, then we can go out there and focus on the, the. they can go out there and focus on their own clients uh, and do the best thing. So I think it's a lot of it's about advisor experience, client experience, and always growing, right? And, and us investing for that top line revenue growth, making sure we can do it. The bottom line is gonna always follow. You know, if you, if you invest in infrastructure, if you invest in the leadership team, and I'm very proud of our leadership team, I think we invest a lot in them, Because we can run this enterprise without partners, people that are running different offices, leadership team. I I like to call it leadership team, not the management team, because nobody wants to be managed. People want to be led. But we definitely invested in the education of those leaders. We invested in the infrastructure for the top producers. We also invested in the marketing, positioning, and, and many different things that I think are important for clients, especially the training. I mean, we train people every single day. 365 days, Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We have new only uh, adv- new advisors training, but basically every day we're talking to our people.
0: Well, you built your own training company, basically, inside right. of your organization.
1: Yes, we have a training team. We have the marketing teams. We have, uh, obviously, finance teams, compliance division, just everything what I think the modern firm today needs to have. And I, I think it's very important to, um, to invest in that, so people can feel, gosh, you know, we have so much value. We get so much value from Westpac.
0: You've been really passionate about how critical culture has been to keep the momentum of expanding Westpac across 15 states. So, how do you describe your culture?
1: For me, culture is everything. You can never build big without the culture, and and uh, I think I've read somewhere culture is strategy any day of the week. like right? you heard that before. But culture is important because. To build big, you have to have people sharing. And you have to have a culture of abundance, not scarcity. You have to have a culture of love. You have to have a culture of teamwork. You have to have a culture of loyalty, commitment, and all of these things. So the first thing really for me is when somebody comes in and has a question, we want to make sure that there is nothing to be hidden from them. We're sharing everything we know. Uh, And we don't compare people. You know, I, I don't go out there and talk about this and that. I talk about how can you be the biggest version of yourself? How can you be the best advisor you can become, he or she? And and what can we do to help you get there? So that's very important. And also, we are very, very diverse. I think we are probably the most diverse company in the financial services. We we have people, we have 40 different nations working here. We have all the races, all the religions. And and people are talking these days about the diversity, you know, and, and sometimes, unless it's really organic, you know, unless you really... Give opportunities to people in the 22, 23. Now everybody wants to hire people just so they can look diverse, you know. Uh, but we we've been diverse from the get go, you know. And I'm very proud of that. Obviously, starting the firm in Hawaii, extremely diverse place. Then moving to California, later on Nevada, Arizona, Montana, Oregon, and other states. You know, it's just been big advantage for us. And and that's that culture. That whoever you are, you're going to come into Vespec and feel at home.
0: Yeah. Well, you should be proud of that because our industry, of course, you know, has been terrible at it and the winners are going to be the people who bring in diversity.
1: I'm very excited that we have uh, diversity, not only at the advisor level, but also at the leadership level, because my partners uh, are Korean American. Uh, it's a black American. It's um, white American. And also I'm a Europe, you know, white European, right? So I, I make a little bit of joke around. I say I'm a little bit different than, than uh, people born in the United States because I'm, I'm born in Europe. But nonetheless, diversity at all levels, you know, not just at the advisor level. I think um, that's very important to our people. I think diversity has been our strength.
0: You also talked about having a lot of women advisors.
1: Yes, I'm very proud of that too. You know, we have between 20 to 25% uh, women advisors and we want to do more. And, and one of the things we want to do is bring more women to Westpac. And uh, why not have a 50-50? You know, why why not have a 50-50 split in the firm?
0: Music to my ears. With 10 plus states and many miles between you, what does your leadership teams do to keep the culture consistent, magnetic, and the advisors engaged?
1: Uh, We talked a little bit earlier about the training. Yeah. We train every single day at 8.15 in the morning till 9 o'clock. We have the calls on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And then on Thursdays and Fridays, we have some extra trainings for the new advisors. Having that daily call. Now, we have 270 team members, 100-plus 100 staff, 150, 160 advisors. Uh, not everybody you know, is on it every day, but probably half of them are there daily. Okay, they, they, they want to be on it. They want to feel the culture. We have Zoom training so everybody can participate. And I would say probably COVID helped us in that sense where we moved from in-person training to Zoom training and everybody got the same experience, right? Um, and just having that consistency for the last 15 years, it's been always our thing. We have to get people to be learning something every single day. And that's so powerful. Because when you think about it, if you're a successful athlete, you need to practice almost every day.
0: Right.
1: And the same thing becomes, you, you, just, you just never stop. And then we also have events. You know, we have what Vespec University once a year, every September, where we all fly in. And, and I want to say this, we spend the money obviously on, on the food, entertainment, and guest speakers, but everybody pays on their own dime to be here. Nobody's forced to come, right? They all want to be here. They all want to rub shoulders. They all want to participate. And they want to get that energy, right? So we have that. And then of course, we have the regional meetings once a year when we go to certain locations where we have more reps and advisors and and we spend time because at the end of the day, uh, we are working for the advisors. And who are we without the advisors? We are really don't exist, you know, and advisor doesn't exist unless they have their own clients. We are here to help them build their own business. What does that mean building another business? It means really building a pipeline of clients that we can go out there and help make smart financial decisions. You know, when it comes to money, finance, their business, succession, tax, estate, and all the things that we do.
0: So every day someone, if they're feeling, I'm stuck, they can go to a training. Every day someone can get inspired by someone else's wins by being in that morning. And I do most
1: of the Mondays. And, and, and I do it myself and I've been doing it for the 15 years. And then we have other top people in the firm and leadership team that does the rest of them. But Monday is an important day. We got to get people going. You know, we, we got to help them out. We got to get them the energy. You know, look, people are suffering, you know, in terms of from the COVID time. Some of them are suffering with the confidence. Some of them are suffering with that bad week, bad days. We have to be there and lift them up. We have to empower them to go out there and and make it about their clients because it's about their clients. We shouldn't feel sorry for ourselves. We got to go out there and focus on our people, clients and people that we are helping. So that daily thing is so powerful. We do have a break December 15th where we stop the last two weeks of the year. and We restart again after Martin Luther King holiday in January.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. You're right. People are hurting out there. So instead of focusing on ourselves, focus on how can we help. And yeah. your advisors are, and your team is doing that every day. And so are you.
1: Yes. Leading from the front. You know, part of the culture here is leading from the front. We are all doing business. We are all seeing clients. We are all helping people. I'm not. I'm not sitting back. I mean, I have my own book of business. Our partners have our own book of business. We are all doing the same thing. And you know what? what? When people say well i used to do that and, and when i recruit people in i always talk about you know look I, I mean you want to go independent because most of the people most of the people are going leaving bigger firms and going independent because they stop getting the value from the firms i say like, why don't you become interdependent i depend on you you depend on us why why don't we Why don't you get the value of this large organization and we get the value of such a great advisor that can maybe also share in some of their knowledge and help us grow. It's collective responsibility. We are collectively growing. And quite frankly, you know, we have gone, like you said, from zero to 42 million in 15 years, and and we do more than most people. So why don't you uh, um, get your wagon to us? You know, why, why don't you, why don't you come in and grow together because it's much different when you have the experience of, of uh, people that are doing the same thing you're doing that sharing just makes you so powerful when it comes to growth.
0: When we talk about the podcast, you told me you have formal teams and informal teams. So how do the formal and informal teams work?
1: Formal teams obviously are teams that really splitting the work on every case. And we have several teams that are very, very highly successful teams starting with a three four or five members and they basically have their own standard operating procedures you know everybody knows who's doing what there's always a lead member on the team that that runs the team and that is the most responsible uh but they they're really working every case together and uh we've been encouraging teaming up we believe that's where the industry is moving we believe that's going to elevate everybody. And quite frankly, uh, we are operating on a 48 and 4 model. It, it might be a new concept for a lot of people, but I believe that I studied my top people. They work more than 40 weeks, but they work 40 weeks really, really hard. And then 8 weeks, it's a vacation time. I'm working, but I'm maybe on the on the on the seminar. I'm on the leadership conference. I'm on MDRT. I'm on the Lamp. I'm on the ALU. It's work, but it's a workation kind of thing. It's a Thanksgiving, it's this and that. And then I want our people to go four weeks off. So when you have that model, teaming is so critical because when you go on vacation and when you are with your family, because I'm a big proponent of life-work integration concept, I'm a big proponent of we're going to live, we're going to work together in this bubble, right? You know, your clients and your associates are your friends. You're going to spend time with the family, but not too much outside of that world. And if you do that, you don't want to be bothered when you're out, right? You, you want to have your team members to cover for you and you covering for them. So extremely important for us to keep people teaming up. And then when it comes to informal teams, the good thing about informal teams, they also cover for each other, right? They, they also help each other when one person is off, you know, maybe somebody's going to pick up the phone, answer the emails and do certain things. But certainly informal teams are the teams when they work on certain projects, on certain markets, on cases that they want to. And a lot of times these informal teams becomes real teams, right? So uh, we just did an analysis the other day about how many of our people are on the teams, both teams, formal and informal, and over 50% of the advisors are on some sort of teams. Now, of course, there are advisors that are working alone, right? They they may be going to look to build a team and they're very successful too, but I think the industry is moving. I think we've been on this uh, train for a while. The teaming up is the way to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so important. Every person that I've interviewed for this podcast series, you realize there's some people that couldn't make it without going on to a team. And because they were on a team, not only did they make it, but they're extraordinarily successful in helping so many people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, Kelly, because not everybody can go out there and find the clients do the planning close the clients and service the client and go out there and repeat the process and get some more absolutely you know and and I think we have done something that is probably unique we have business development advisors really that that's that's what how we call them and what they really do their job is to go out there in the community help community and bring the community back to our offices and and they don't really even attend some of the Planning meetings, because their interest lies in going out there and building and bringing new clients in, you know, and, and they love being part of the team and, and they want to uh, contribute. But planning is not their unique ability. Servicing is not their unique ability. Attention to details is not their unique ability. Their unique ability is going out there and and building relationships and bringing energy and and sharing what the team is behind them and how they're going to go out there and get it done for them.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've touched on this, but I'm going to ask you again. What do you and your leadership teams tell prospective advisors who are interested in teaming or being solo about the value of joining Westpac?
1: We, we start talking about in the recruiting process and we start asking, them, tell me about what have you done so far? How is your business? Have you ever worked with the teams? What's happening? Where do you see yourself? And, and, and we wanted to kind of a little bit start from them right? That they would either want to have some junior advisors on their team, or they would jump on somebody's teams. And a lot of times they would say, well, let me try to be solo and see how I do and see whether I want to go on a team. And it's usually within a year, they make a decision of what they want to do, whether they want to stay alone and build their own business. or they want to work with a team and, 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 you know, go out there and build a, build a business that way.
0: Nice. Nash, thank you for generously sharing your strategies for high growth across many states, building high performing teams that deliver results and giving your perspective on the future of the financial services industry.
1: Thank you Kelly, it's it's been my pleasure. And um, like I said, it's all about the growth and, and, you know, our motto is let's, let's grow 20, 22% a year, every year, we're going to double every four years. And we've been doubling every four years. And, and a lot of these strategies you shared today really, really helped us. And I hope this is going to help all the people that are listening to this podcast. And thank you again for having me. I really enjoyed working with you throughout the years. And it's been, it's been a great pleasure to be on this podcast today.
0: (laughs) Well, I've adored working with you and your teams for sure. For leaders watching this, what would it mean if you could build and grow high-performing sales teams within your firm like Nash Sabotic and his team are doing at Westpac Wealth Partners? You can start by identifying your ideal vision, just like Nash talked about, for your teams and assess what's stopping your ideal from happening right now. If you're curious, have your teams take our high-performing teams quiz. It's based on what the top 1% of teams are doing today to outperform their peers. I'll personally review the results plus send you actionable steps your teams can put into place immediately. There's no charge for you, only the upside of moving your teams to your ideal. I've helped more than 500 top industry leaders increase performance results and profits during the past 20 plus years. To say it's my passion is an understatement. Click the button below this video to take the confidential, high-performing teams quiz. Whether you want feedback from me or not, you'll get details on exactly where to focus efforts to improve the performance within all of your teams. If you want to learn more about Westpac Wealth Partners or Nash Sabotic, go to westpacwealth.com. To subscribe to more podcasts like this, visit macaulianco.com forward slash podcast and sign up. Nash, I know our audience has received high value from our time together today.
1: Thank you, Kelly. I was really excited to be here today with you all.
0: Until next time, keep leading yourself and your teams to higher levels of success in all areas of your lives.